Next Gen Faith, what is going on everybody? This is your boy Derek. Uh, it has been way, 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 way too long since I jumped on here and did a Next Gen Faith podcast. Uh, this is still a project I'm working on. The uh, goal for me was to create this platform, try to see who I can talk to in regards to their faith journey, who I can you know, share my stories with, talk faith with, you know, share resources, do all this type of thing on this platform, and uh, I'm still super excited about it, but uh, as everybody knows, life gets me sidetracked with a million different things, and uh, I've been doing more work on my sports side of things when it comes to podcasting as well as some other work ventures, but I definitely want to kind of get this next-gen faith podcast going again, get it going slowly, so... There's still a million people out there. I've got you all um, on a big spreadsheet of people I'd love to talk to over the next, gosh, probably the next few years is probably what it'd be. But uh, I'd love to sit down with youth I've worked with and pastors I've talked to and just a litany of people that I've met, you know, through my faith journey and hear their story and have them share just encouraging words with you guys. So that's kind of my goal with this whole thing. But uh, really wanted to take a moment today to try something different, try something new. Really good friend of mine, Adam Reed, is a guy that I worked with for a good few years there in youth ministry. Uh, he's just a tremendous guy. He uh, had a just an awesome group of young people that he was, you know, sharing his faith with, helping them understand who God is, the power of Scripture, and just made his group so fun. And I just always used to love going there and laughing and getting to know these young people and just thinking, man, these guys are just their faith is so strong and so amazing. And like I say, I'd love to get some of those guys here on the podcast and just hear where they're at. A lot of them were high school, heading off to college, all that type of stuff. But Adam Reed, man, was incredible. He uh, cared about these kids so much. And uh, the coolest part about Adam, not only was his youth group awesome, but uh, just in the last year or so, he actually transitioned from youth pastor to the uh, head pastor there at what was Central Michigan Christian Church in Mount Pleasant. And uh, man, I couldn't be happier for him. He was kind of there doing lots of things in the church, but his main role was was working with the youth and doing some other things and to see him now as the lead pastor and leading this church in so many different ways is it's really incredible it's inspiring it's just uh real proud for the guy happy for him and know that he's uh he's a man of god no doubt his spirit's unbelievable and uh, what he's going to do in the ministry field is going to be very impactful tremendous throughout his life i have no doubt about it he has a tremendous family um super talented and uh, amazing wife and they are just uh, amazing peoples of faith like if i could sit them both down we could probably talk for hours and just hear all the amazing stories anecdotes you know life lessons that god has worked in their life as well as been able to share with um with them through other people so what i wanted to do is just give that intro i want to tell you a little bit about adam's church and then i'm actually going to play one of his sermons i'm uh, kind of reaching out to adam wanting to sit down with him but also said like hey if you can give me some of your sermons i'd love to put them on the podcast and just get them out there as well as help promote your church for you and just see if maybe there's people in your area that could hear it maybe there's people that 
you know, couldn't make it on that Sunday, but this gives him another outlet to hear your message and to stay up with the series and things that he's doing uh, from a biblical perspective as well as just being connected. You know, my whole thing with your relationship with God is how are you connecting with God? You know, uh, he's wanting and reaching out and always trying to connect with you, but how are we staying connected with him through all the different ways of today as well as our crazy busy schedules, but as well as, you know, having God in your life is is an ongoing eternal thing that I just feel is so important and you just need if you're young, old, um, you know, whatever your race, creed, color, it does not matter. Like he wants to be intimately connected with you. And I think this is just another way to do that, another way to share his message, another way to say, hey, you know, um, hey, uh, send this to a friend via text message and say, you know, I, I, I know you said you want to go to church, but you're just uh, too busy right now. Like, here's an audio message if you ever want to give it a listen. And it could change somebody's life. You really have no idea the kind of impact you can make with a, a simple you know, message via text, or sometimes I'll send people songs, you know, just see something on YouTube, just a powerful, you know, worship song or, or Christian song that I think is awesome. And I'll just send it to 10 people and just say, hey, I thought you might like this. And I've had some really cool responses to stuff like that. So this is just another way to do that. I told Adam that, hey, let me promote your church. Let me pub you up and let's get you on the Next Gen Faith podcast and see what happens. You know, maybe it'll bring somebody through your church doors that would never come before. Maybe it will let others listen to you that you will never Ever, ever meet. I don't know, but I'm excited to do it. So let me tell you a little bit about Adam's Church and then I'll, I'll get you into his message here. So again, Adam's Church, when I was um, helping there and kind of being involved with him there, it was called Central Michigan Christian Church. Um, now he's transitioned it. Again, him being the lead pastor, he, me and him always just talk about like just so many awesome things in regards to ministry and kind of pushing the envelope and being not being afraid and being aggressive with like our imagery and our message and our you know way of doing things in 2018 2019 here we are head to 2020 so Adams had somebody kind of totally redo his website which I think is super cool the church seems to now be going by Central Church he just shortened it up there he's got a pretty sweet logo I gotta admit I'm liking what he's doing here so you can find his website, centralchurchmp.com. So centralchurch and then mp for mountpleasant.com. Um, like I say, it's a it's a pretty small church when it comes to numbers, but like I say, you couldn't ask for a better person to listen to on a Sunday morning or Adam is so into just getting to know you. And uh, the first time I ever met this dude, I had showed up to a youth leaders kind of meeting, you know, and the whole going around, I was the new guy, you know, asking me questions about it, but I'll never forget. Like, uh, <laughs> I can't remember. I think it was, uh, you know, I have this blue North face jacket that I love. I've worn it for years now. Fits me like a glove, just an awesome jacket. And sure enough, I hang, I had it on that day and Adam's got the exact same jacket and had it. on. <laughs> so I don't know if that was the reason, but after the meeting, he came and found me and he was like, Hey man, what's up? My name's Adam. Like super happy to have you. I love to go chop it up and get some food and, and talk about God someday and this, that, and the other. And I was just like, Oh man, this guy's so cool. I'm usually like the shy dude that just kind of like lays low to myself. But you could tell right away, both Adam and my buddy Cam, who I'm still good friends with, love chatting with him when I get a chance. Those two dudes came up to me after the meeting. You could just tell from the word go that they cared about people. Their heart beat strong for God. 
and they were just awesome uh, guys from top to bottom. So they came and uh, found me after the meeting, pulled me aside, chatted me up a little bit. I'll never forget that. And me and Adam still joke. Sometimes we'll show up to like a fundraiser or a event outside of whatever we're doing, and we'll, we're both rocking the blue navy North Face uh zip up coat which is embarrassing and funny all at the same time so like i say man uh, adam is leading this church now he's got an awesome youth ministry still at this church which he founded and basically rose up when i was kind of getting to know him and working with him called pursuit um, just so many cool kids in that group i mean i would name them all off but i don't want to forget anybody but you guys know who you are like it was so cool to um, get to know you to share some laughs to just watch the amazing answers they would give when Adam would ask these open-ended questions about their faith or how open they were to share. You know, I, I deal with adults and other people across the board and like sometimes it's like pulling teeth trying to get them to speak about their faith or share it with somebody else or reach out a hand. And these kids were just so open to just be an open book and be just willing and able and wanting to learn about not only who God was, but we would, me and Adam would share kind of cool stories about this is how he worked in my life. Like this was a moment where I was lost and had no idea where to go. And God pointed me in an amazing direction. And that was super cool. So like I say, I, I really hope maybe over the next, uh, you know, six months, a year, whatever it may be that we can get a few of those young people on and say, well, what the heck's God doing in your life now? Like, tell me about it. Cause that's the reason I started this thing. And that's what I'm super pumped about. And Adam Reed, if you're listening to this, I need you to get on here and tell people your story and kind of chop it up with me about what amazing thing God's doing in your life outside of just what you're doing in the church walls. And uh, you know me, I'll always tell you kind of some crazy cool stuff he's doing in my life as well. So um, you can you can find what Adam's Church at that website. Let's see here if I can find. I don't know his, his times right off the top of my head. Um... Let's see. Another cool thing about Adam, while I'm kind of looking at maybe if I can give you the time of his church, if you're in the, the Mount Pleasant, Michigan area, he uh, his dad was a pastor. You know, my mom has been a pastor my whole life. So Adam kind of came up in that type of environment. He and his dad are super close. I ended up being on a softball team with his dad. His dad, probably the greatest softball pitcher of all time. Um, but somebody that's just an amazing just testimony to when you meet this guy, you just think, wow, this is a this is a great dude. So you can see where Adam gets it from. But, uh, you know, um, he kind of followed in those footsteps there. And I know that his dad is still kind of active at this church and just uh, really, really cool to see what they're doing and, and um, just see the spirit that they have. I mean, it's something something special to see or, or witness in person. No doubt about it. So we got Adam now as the lead pastor. He followed Dan, Pastor Dan, who was the uh, pastor kind of when I was around those parts. And uh, just uh, Dan's a great guy, man. He had such passion when I go watch him speak. It was kind of like, man, this guy caught my attention right off the bat and really had a just an excitement about him when he spoke. Adam has a very funny kind of low-key but very cool um approach when I've heard him speak and uh, his message is always on point as well as just uh, the way that he speaks to people always just kind of knocks me down of just he has a way with the way he speaks and the way he can convey God's message in in the, the new world which is great um, his dad is Rod Reed um, and like I say couldn't 
couldn't um, recommend a, a better guy there. So just great leadership off the top. Uh, Eric Pruitt is another guy in that church who has a, a big family and, and a bunch of uh, his um, his kids have went through that Pursuit youth group and got to know them. And that was super fun. And Eric was always just a – I know he led a couple of those youth groups and I got to sit in and me and him had some fun talking back and forth and just a, another guy with a great spirit there. So those are the, those are the main folks that I kind of know there. Again, it's somewhere I'd recommend. They're definitely sort of turning the corner into that new age. You know, they try to do some new type music as well as uh, their main focus is just on not only um, trying to bring God alive for you and show him to you in ways maybe you haven't seen before, but they want to connect with you. You know, they want to get to know you. Adam's a big guy. He wants to, if you're new, he wants to know you. If, if, if you got something going on in your life, he wants to pray with you about it. If, if you got something going on that you need him for, he's the first guy there ready to work or ready to help in any way that he can. Like I say, it's one thing to talk about your faith. It's one thing to be up there with the microphone. It's another thing to live it. Adam Reed lives it out every single day. And I'm just uh, blessed and happy to know the guy, man. It's super awesome. So, like I say, I'm uh, I'm trying to pull up. Like I said, I probably should have looked at this website a little bit earlier. But um, you can go to the website and kind of find out um, when they're... Gosh, I want to get you their services. Uh, it looks like they got... Uh, what is it? Today's a so I think they have a Monday. It looks like they have a Monday evening prayer group. The youth group meets on Tuesday evenings. I know that seven to nine p.m. still. So if you got a young person, send them out. And let's see here. When the heck do they meet on Sundays? All right, everybody. I found it. So Adam, I had a dig, man, but your your worship services are here. Uh, I did find them. I put them more on the front page, a little uh, half critique uh, on your cool new website. But I did find it here. So we got, all right, so from 9.45 to 10, you can hang out. From 10 to 11-ish is, is when the service goes, except for when Adam goes way too long. And then it might go 11.30 or longer. But you're going to love it because it's going to be an awesome message. And like I say, really cool music, really good people there. Please go check him out. Please uh, support what he's doing, or if you can't, you're not in the area, like, give this message a listen. So, the message that I'm going to play for you is a message where Adam talks about kind of that God's word doesn't change. It hasn't changed. It won't change. But you know what has changed? Our society, the times we live in. We're here in 2020, so a really cool message about what that means. He tells some fun stories. Some cool testimonies about uh, one of the youth people he worked with. Kind of had a cool moment. And just, uh, like I say, just sit back and give this a listen. Because I think this is a really powerful message about, you know, it's not about, like, changing God's word or saying, well, it kind of doesn't mean that anymore. Like, the word is the word. But, like, how you communicate it to people, how you deal with it in 2020 when it comes to your music, your, your worship service, as well as just being able to adapt the context of how you give the actual, you know, speaking, the actual teachings of God or the way that he wants you to communicate it here in the 21st century and in 2020. Can you believe it's 2020 already? I can't. But uh, Adam has a great point here of not changing the word, but changing maybe how we are communicating it to how we used to in 50 years ago, 20 years ago, 100 years ago. It's so different. So, you know, we got to be able to 
adapt. We got to be able to um, know who we're speaking with and how we can share God in a way where they'll hear it and where they'll be um, accepting and where they'll, you know, get it. It may be a text message. It may be sharing something via YouTube. It might be um, speaking to it to young people in a certain way or reaching out to the elderly maybe differently than we did you know 30 years ago there's so many ways that you can both worship there's so many ways you can um, volunteer you know that you can pray that you can do all these different things that um, still center around God's words his teachings and the things that are just um, so concrete and that build a foundation in your life so I thought it was cool I wanted to share with everybody else uh, I, I meant to do like a two-minute, five-minute intro. I think I'm at about 15 minutes or so now. But uh, I definitely wanted to pump Adam up, pump all the people up at his church and say, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing amazing things. I'm totally behind you. And I think that Central Church, as it's known now, is just uh, full of amazing spirit and amazing people that love God and want to get to know you and want to share God with you so that you can know him. And love him as he loves you as well. So take a listen to this message. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Next Gen Faith Podcast. Um, Really excited to kind of keep this going and get more messages from Adam and others on here. As well as, you know, if you're listening to this and I know you, I want to talk to you. I want to hear your your, uh, faith journey. I want you to share with other people um, what God's doing in your life. And just have fun. Me and you can chop it up and laugh as well as we talk about uh, our faiths together. It's uh, it's an open book here on the Next Gen Faith Podcast. So everybody, thank you so much. Take a listen to Adam, and I'll be back uh, here in the near future. I won't uh, take as long of a break as I have, hopefully, and get more content out to you shortly. So thanks so much, everybody. Take care. <laughs> In our series called Roar, Readily Offering a Reason, Being Ready to, uh, to Not Only Live Our Life, But to Speak Words, Speak the Truth of the Gospel. Talked about the Gospel being for everybody. We talked about being obedient when we're called to speak, being sensitive to the Spirit, and, uh, and speaking when we, when we are uh, prompted to do that. This week we'll, we'll talk about... Uh, uh, this week will be week three, and then again, Pastor Dan's going to uh, speak next week, and then we will finish up this Roar series on April 14th, which happens to be my oldest daughter's birthday, turning 15, so that'll be fantastic, right? Love teenagers. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> I do, I love teenagers. Um, we should all love young people, right? Group of people coming up behind us, taking the mantle, taking the torch and passing it. And I feel old even talking about it, you know, like I'm getting ready to, but we should, we should, right? We should always be training up our, we should always be training up the next generation. We always, always be thinking because we don't want to get to the point where, uh, we're old and then we go, uh, Oh, what have I what have I done investing in the next generation? We should be thinking about that, processing that stuff right now. Training up disciples, right? Coming behind you and training. We should all be involved in that. Anyways, that being said, I had a class in college, and it was a, it was a fantastic class. Uh, and I don't know why I took this class because it had nothing to do with 
anything that um, that was going to uh, propel my uh, degree forward. Uh, I had a couple of friends in this class, and we decided to take it. It was uh, it was history and appreciation of the cinema. Anybody take that class at CMU? No. Okay, I'm the only one. Okay. Uh, history and appreciation of the cinema. Like I said, I had a couple of friends in the class, uh, which made it uh, more fun. But I would have enjoyed it anyways because I had uh, I love movies, and uh, and we got to watch a lot of movies. So that's what the class was, and and um, so regardless of my friends being in there, it was it was fun. I remember one of my friends from high school was in <coughs> in the class, and he fell asleep with his head back, and you know we're rolling up pieces of paper and sticking them in his mouth and <clears throat> we were watching a really strange movie and so it wasn't uh, it wasn't missing anything but I remember I had to write a paper uh, in this class and the I could pick whatever whatever movie I wanted but I had to write a paper on a movie and it had to be uh, themes you know you're pulling themes out of a movie so I picked the movie pull out some of the underlying themes and talking about them. And the movie I chose was E.T. E.T. And, uh, you know, theme, pulling out themes like sacrifice and friendship and compassion, uh, you know, being in a place that is not your home, longing to go home. And uh, I didn't get a great grade on this paper, but it was, it was fun pulling out, and I've enjoyed it ever since, pulling out biblical themes in a movie. So uh, as you watch movies, I would challenge you to uh, um, look at and think about the themes that are in there. There are uh, biblical themes. It's fun to pull those things out. Sometimes we do with our, with our kids. We're watching either TV shows or, and, and, and taking the opportunity to recognize and acknowledge things that are biblical themes. Or you can go the other way, you know, uh, in commercials. You know, you're watching commercials, commercials come on, and hey, what's, tell me, what was the lie in that commercial? What was the lie in that commercial? You know, you watch a, a Bud Light commercial and you, um, you go, okay, it, it, you know, whatever. What was the, the lie, that, you know, in, in a lot is, man, if I drink beer... My life is going to be so much fun, and I'm going to be popular. It's going to be great. There's a lie there, and uh, so be, being able—I mean, I've—I've I've heard, anyways, I've heard, and uh, and so uh, the just fun things, being able to uh, pull out, um, pull out themes. This morning, um, as Dad said, the 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 uh, the 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 I've named this message, Stand Firm and Adapt. We're going to be talking about the gospel as we speak it, uh, contextualizing the message, meaning putting the message in, the, in context to who we're speaking to. And, uh, and I want you to, just so we're on the same page, how many of you know that the gospel has not changed? The gospel has not changed, Right? The gospel of Jesus Christ is the same today as it's always been. It's the same message that the first Christians and the first churches were, were speaking and sharing and, and preaching. It's the same message that 
that we are, are speaking today. And that's good news because we don't have to continually uh, come up or, or understand uh, a, a new message. It's the same. And as we read Scripture, we see the same themes and the same things that we are speaking today uh, back in the, uh, the New Testament. <clears throat> the same message of hope that was written on these ancient scrolls is the same message of hope that we share today. But there is something that, uh, that does change, though. The message doesn't change, but there is something that does change, and that thing is the times and the culture that we live in. Okay? Although the message is the same as it was back in the New Testament, the times and the culture have changed. The times and the culture has changed, and that's something that we've got to be aware of if we're going to be effective in communicating the gospel. Okay? We can't communicate the gospel the same way as they did back in the New Testament because the culture is not the same. That's why I love you know, what, what Dad said about the Jews for Jesus presentation. Okay? He, they're presenting a point of view and a, and a perspective that I don't have. I'm not Jewish, and I don't have that, the history and the context that, uh, that someone who is deeply rooted in the, in the, in the culture and in the context of, uh, of the Passover uh, that they have. I don't have that. And so it's, it's neat to see and hear people speak from a different perspective that have a better understanding of that than I do. But we have to be aware of the culture and the times that we live in in order to effectively communicate the gospel. We, we have to protect the integrity of the message while still adapting to how we present that message to, to the culture. Every generation has done this. As, as, as times change and, and the culture changes, we have to adapt the message. Now again, I want you to hear me say, the message does not change. It's just how we present that message. The ways that we, that we communicate that message have to change. We have to find ways to use the culture to get people to understand the gospel message. This morning we're going to read out of Acts 17. So if you, uh, if you have a Bible and you want to turn there, if not, it should be up behind me. Acts 17, 22 through 31. Paul stood in the middle of the Areopagus and said, People of Athens... I see that you are extremely religious in every respect. For as I was passing through and observing the objects of your worship, I even found an altar on which was inscribed to an unknown God. Therefore, what you worship in ignorance, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, He is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by hands. Neither is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives everyone life and breath and all things. From one man he has made every nationality to live over the whole earth, 
and has determined their appointed times and the boundaries of where they live. He did this so that they may seek him and perhaps they might reach out to him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As even some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. He's quoting the uh, Greek poet there. He says, for we are also his offspring. Since we, are all God's, since we are God's offspring then, we shouldn't think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone. An image fashioned by human art and imagination. Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God now commands all people everywhere to repent because He has set a day when He is going to judge the world in righteousness by the man He has appointed. He has, he has provided proof of this to everyone by raising Him from the dead. <laughs> this, is a, this is a cool passage because Paul does a couple of really neat things here. He, first of all, he's quoting... He's quoting uh, philosophers and thinkers and poets that the Greeks are, the people of Athens there are familiar with and that they trust. He's quoting these people that, uh, that they know. And in order for, for Paul to do this, in order for it to be effective, which if we continue reading, we see that it is, is effective, if, if we continue reading, it says, uh, it says yeah, some, some mocked him, but there are some who believed. There are some that followed Paul. And, the, and, and like we talked about last week with the seeds being sown, some of those seeds produced fruit. <clears throat> but in order for this to be effective, in order for, for Paul to be able to do this, he had to know the culture and know his audience, didn't he? If he didn't know the culture and he didn't know his audience, uh, this 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 wouldn't be effective. He quoted someone that are people that they knew. He quoted people that they trusted, that they had heard before in their culture. Okay, Paul wasn't Greek, but he used the Greek culture to communicate the message of the gospel to them. Do you know the culture that you live in? Do you know the culture? Do you know the times? Do you know your audience? Do you take time to study and, and know these things? So that you too can be effective in communicating the message within the context of the culture that we live in today? The other thing that I think is, is neat here, he, he, uh, he's, not, he's not disrespectful. It would be easy to, uh, to, to attack because he, he goes here and he says, hey, I've observed all of the, the things you worship. I've, I've observed you're a very religious people. It would be very easy to, uh, to, re- to really start attacking and, and chopping away at the, uh, the, um, uh, the validity of the things that they're worshiping. And he doesn't do that, does he? He doesn't do that. He says, I see that you're a very religious people. And I see that there's, a, there's an altar here to an unknown God. He says, let me tell you about who that unknown God is. 
He's very respectful. By using their ideas, their, uh, their culture, he, he's able to communicate the gospel. And it's very important for us to be respectful when we're talking to people about Jesus, when we're pointing people towards Jesus, uh, but it's also very important for us to have our finger on the pulse of our culture. Just like Paul did, and we see him doing this here. Uh, one of the, uh, I love in, um, in 1 Chronicles 12, 32. These are, it's, it's, he got, uh, he's giving a list of the men that came, the people that came to David at Hebron. He's giving a list of these people, and, and he's talking about the, the men of Issachar. You know about the men of Issachar? This is what it says about the men of Issachar. It says, these men uh, came and it says, they understood the times and they knew what Israel should do. They understood the times. And they knew it's, it is good to understand the times that we live in. It's good to have people around you who understand the times that we live in. Because it says, they understood the times and they knew what Israel should do. Us understanding the culture, us understanding the times that we live in, gives us insight in and direction into the way that we should conduct ourselves, the way that we should operate, the way, the, the way that we can effectively operate, communicating to the culture. It says this, that it says in 1238, it says, all these warriors lined up in battle formation came to Hebron, wholeheartedly determined to make David king over Israel. All the rest of Israel was also of one mind to make David king. Are you wholeheartedly determined to make Jesus king? Are you wholeheartedly determined to make Jesus king? Because in order for us to do that, we have to understand the times. We have to understand who we're communicating to. We can't effectively communicate Jesus being king unless we understand the times and the culture. One of the things that comes to mind uh, when, when, I, when we talk about our culture, uh, well, you, what are some things that come to mind when, when, you, when, when we talk about our cult, the culture that we live in today? Anything that comes to mind that would that would define or that would uh, that would uh, characterize our culture? What's that? Depraved. <laughs> Depraved. Yeah, yeah. Pardon me. Yeah. Yeah. What is what is something that we have to? Uh, uh, what is it? the thing that came to mind for me was is uh, is is media, social media. The media, that plays a, a, a huge role in the culture that we live in today. And, and social media is one of those things that, that, uh, that either, either you love it or you love to hate it. And uh, I, I was I just share a story, you know, as we talk about social media. It's not, social media is not uh, all bad or all good. 
you know, I'm not telling that telling you that you uh, you need to be on social media, but I I will tell you uh, on Friday Friday night was it Friday night uh, I'm working on this message on my computer, and all of a sudden my computer starts to light up and and uh, and it uh, it says FaceTime call from Noah Barber. I thought, oh man, that's cool. <laughs> so I hesitated for a second, and uh, and I picked it up. And Noah, Noah Barber is there. He's he's FaceTiming me, and uh, he's in his he's in his army, uh, his uh, fatigues there, and um, he's sitting in a room, and uh, and we just got an opportunity to talk face to face. I thought, ah, oh, how cool is that? I got. He said, I just got my phone back and. He said, you're, the, you're one of the first people that I wanted to get a hold of. I thought, oh, that's so cool. So we're talking back and forth, and, and uh, he's telling me all about his time, and he's, he's, he says he's loving it, and uh, just loves the, he said, I love the, the, uh, the, the PT, and, and, uh, which I think most people don't like that part of it. But anyway, he's talking to Noah, and uh and and somebody somebody keeps walking behind him. I can see you know from from here down you know somebody keeps walking behind him, and then and then all of a sudden there's there's uh, all these explicitives you know coming uh, from behind him. And Noah Noah, Noah Noah turns to whoever it is, and he says uh, he says, "Hey, watch your language. Watch your language. I'm literally talking to a pastor right now." <laughs> And the, the, the person says, oh, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, you know. And uh, <clears throat> so Noah and I keep talking, and, and, then, uh, and then I got an opportunity that whoever's walking behind him kind of sits down behind him, pulls up a chair, kind of gets in the picture with Noah, you know, and he says, he says, hey, you really a pastor? Well, yes, some people call me that. <laughs> some people call me other things. <laughs> said, uh, I said, yeah. He said, hey, I've got a, couple questions for you. He said, I got a couple questions for you. Social media, I had the opportunity to, to talk to this kid. His name's Mitch, so if you want to pray for Mitch, um, he's Noah's bunk mate. And uh, and uh, just got an opportunity. He said, he said, I I've been I kind of grew up in the church but I haven't gone in a long time and and uh, and I've always, I've been struggling with this this passage, he says, he says, are you familiar with the passage of the uh, uh, the seeds and the sower? <laughs> I said, yeah, I talked about that last week. <laughs> and uh, he said, he said, what? How do, tell, tell me about, you know, how does the how do these seeds fall and on on certain soil and 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 what do I what do I do to? I, I have a desire to to serve God and I have a desire to do this, but you know, it's 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 tough and. What can I do to to make sure that I'm I'm continuing to be in a place where where those seeds are going to grow? I said, oh man, I got an opportunity to share with him just the importance of staying in God's word, the importance of being accountable and having other people that are around you that are going to encourage you uh, in the things of God. Uh, what a cool opportunity I have because of social media. I had the opportunity to encourage. Uh, this kid named Mitch and and uh, and encourage Noah and uh, and hopefully that they're gonna they're gonna continue to uh, to go to church together and seek seek uh, seek the Lord together. But uh, 
So pray for Mitch. If you have uh, Mitch and Noah. Uh, but I thought that was just, that was so cool. As we're talking about the culture and talking about the times. And uh, and I know that there are, there are people who are very anti-social media, anti, uh, you know, the, the things. Yes, there are things that, that negative things. Uh, but we also have just a cool opportunity to to communicate the gospel. There are a lot of positive things. There are negative things about social media, obviously, just like anything else. You gotta you gotta make sure that we are uh, we're in a in a good spot. Make sure that we are uh, we are influencing the world as opposed to the world influencing influencing us. When we're when we are uh, when we are have our eyes fixed on Jesus and 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 uh, uh, man, these things can be uh, great tools. Not good or bad. There are negative things, but uh, there are also positive things. You know, avenues like Twitter and Facebook and uh, Facebook Live, which you know we're doing that right now. We are we're broadcasting because of social media. We're able to broadcast the truth of Jesus and the and the message of the gospel. Uh, to people who aren't able to come and be with us right here. Able to communicate that. Instagram and YouTube give us the ability to communicate to thousands and thousands of people. And based on, based on the example in Acts 17, the way that Paul used the culture, knew the culture, used the culture... I have a hard time believing that if Paul were around today, he wouldn't be using some of these things. And please don't hear me say that you uh, that, that if you if you don't do this stuff, then then uh, then then you're you're being disobedient or something. It's not for everybody. I understand that, but it is a tool. It is part of our culture. It is a huge part of the culture and the times in which we live. And I believe that if we're Paul Paul were here today, he would be using every avenue he could to communicate to as many people as he could the message of the gospel. Paul did not have this 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 type of technology. He didn't have this and 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 so it was either it was either sending letters and it which you know sometimes it would take days and months and weeks to to get to where he's he's trying to get it. We have instant access to some of this stuff. Instant access to the gospel affecting and touching thousands of people. Not for everybody, but there is some wisdom in knowing the culture, using the context of the culture to speak truth to the culture. I'm going to say that again. There is some wisdom in knowing the culture and using the context of the culture to speak truth to the culture. 1 Corinthians 9, 19-23 says, Although I am free from all and not anyone's slave, I have made myself a slave to everyone in order to win more people. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win Jews. To those under the law, like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, to win those under the law. To those who are without the law, like one without the law, though I am not without God's law, but under the law of Christ, to win those without the law. To the weak, I became weak in order to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that I might I, so that I may by every possible means save some. 
Now I do all of this because of the gospel, so that I might share in the blessings. Paul's saying, we adapt. We adapt. You don't change the message. We don't change the message, but we adapt within the culture in order to communicate clearly to the culture, effectively, the unchanging message of the gospel in the context of the culture in which we live. If Paul, I I was thinking, if Paul were to, if we were to take Paul and drop him in today's culture and he didn't change anything, like he was still communicating to the Jews and to the ancient Greeks, he would not be effective. Paul adapted to the culture in which he was speak to, to whom he which he was speaking. He used the things of the culture. He used the philosophies and the ideas and the thoughts and the poets of the culture he was he was in, in order to effectively communicate. Remember the cinema class I told you about earlier? I would have loved to have seen Paul analyze movies. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen Paul analyze and pull out biblical, because we see, we see him doing it here in Acts 17. He's taking something that was said from a Greek philosopher, and he, he pulled out biblical themes from it. He pulled out the truth of the gospel I would have loved to have seen him do that. And then, you know, we can, many times we look at Hollywood and, oh my goodness, and there is, there's so much darkness there. There's so much darkness, there's so much, uh, 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 somebody said, Dave said depraved, or, or something along those lines. You go, oh yeah, there's so much sin and darkness. And we can look at that and go, oh, that's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a negative thing. Hollywood and movies, negative things, but but they can also be tools. They can also be tools for us to communicate, open up eyes to the truth of God's Word. So I, I came up with a little bit of a list here of, of some movies and uh, some, some Hollywood movies that, uh, that some, of the, some of the big ones that, uh, that have some, some Christian themes in them. Uh, I apologize if you've not seen these and, uh, and this is going to spoil something for you, but... Uh, but it is what it is. I'm going to go forward anyways. <laughs> so maybe then when you watch it, it's a little easier to pull some of these things out. In the final Harry Potter movie, Harry must die in order to finally defeat the ultimate evil. In the end, he's miraculously raised from the dead to stand triumphant over evil and death. We go, wow, an opportunity to communicate truth of the gospel. Superman comes to Earth from another planet, grows up among normal people, even though he has supernatural powers. When he's an adult, he willingly sacrifices his life to save the world. That's easy, right? That's an easy one. Lord of the Rings, Frodo takes on the weight of suffering in the form of the one ring and gives up his life to destroy it so that good can triumph over evil. Oh man, these are opportunities. 
to point people towards the truth of the gospel, point people towards Jesus. Gandalf sacrifices himself for the fellowship and dies only to be raised back uh, to life more powerful than ever. Pictures of Jesus. This is straight out out of Scripture, guys. And the list goes on and on. I was going to uh I was going to mention, you know, the 50 shades of gray, but there's no redemptive uh themes in that at all. So <laughs> uh the list goes on and on and uh and just like Paul, we can use the things in our culture to point people to Jesus, to help people understand the gospel. You watch a movie, so so my challenge to you, when you watch a movie, when you watch a TV show, look, actively be processing, pulling out themes, biblical themes, opportunities for us to communicate. Writer Amy Sherman <clears throat> describes the three ways, three ways, there, there are more, but, uh, but, but three ways that typically Christians respond to our culture. Three ways Christians typically respond to our culture. The first one <clears throat> is fortification. When we, uh, when, when, we, when we respond to the culture, sometimes we fortify ourselves. We, uh, we hunker down in a defensive posture, insulating ourselves against the broader culture, creating a bubble around ourselves. Sometimes I, I, when, when I was growing up, it was called being sheltered. Okay? We fear and we and we look at the culture and we don't want anything to do with it. And so we 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 put walls around ourselves and we and we and we completely shut ourselves off from the culture. Fortification. The next one is accommodation. Some fo- we follow the script of the world, watering down the message so it no longer offends. We don't want to offend anyone. So we water things down and, and, we, and we blend in with the culture. The third one there she mentions is domination. Some fight to get our country back by electing Christians, politicians, and working to pass laws that reflect the moral values that we cherish. Each of these approaches uh, there, there are redemptive uh, things. There are good things about these, but there are also flaws in each of these. Fortification. What do, what do we? What's the? Uh, what would be the flaw or the negative to the fortification idea? That's right. Jesus sent his followers out as sheep among wolves, not sheep locked safely in the barn. He sent us out. He said, go to these people. Go to the culture. Don't shut yourself off from it. Don't be afraid of it. Engage the culture. Go and make disciples. He didn't say, sit in your little bubble and hope that they come to you. Because they won't. He sent his disciples out as sheep among wolves. He said, yes, it's going to be tough. Yes, 
there is evil. But take the light and go to the darkness, right? Fortification. Accommodation. The flaw in accommodation. Jesus never watered down the gospel message and the implications for how we should live. And he never excused sin either. And we shouldn't either. He never excused sin. Again, one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture is John chapter 8 with the woman caught in adultery. He spoke truth. He showed grace. But he didn't excuse her sin. He didn't water down what... what he, didn't, he didn't not call it sin. He said, go and sin no more. He showed her grace and he showed her love, which many of us do not do. The grace and the love is the key to being able to speak truth and have it be heard. Grace and love should, uh, should, should, should lead us into speaking the truth. Because when you know that there is grace and when you know that you are loved, it makes the truth, even if you don't like it, it makes it easier to hear. And it takes root. You actually hear it instead of completely shutting yourself off, not being able to hear it because there's a lack of love and tact and grace. Jesus says, go, what you're doing was sin, stop doing it. Well, who are you to tell me what I can do and what I can't do? Who are you to tell me what's right and wrong? And so many times we don't want to offend people by telling them the truth, by calling sin out. We don't want to offend anybody, so we don't say it. Jesus never watered down sin, and we shouldn't either. But we should approach sin with grace and love. Domination. One of the main reasons for the decline of faith in Europe traces back to the days when the church and the state worked together to dominate the culture. Though this approach worked for a while, inevitably it produced a backlash. And so I'm, please don't hear me saying that this is altogether a bad approach because I think there are good things that we, we definitely need people of faith in politics. We definitely need that. But what is the, what is the goal? Is the goal to completely dominate a culture, completely dominate and change them into thinking the way that we think? Because how many of you, how many of you, like, how many of you when, um, uh, some of you are still young, some of you are not as young, how many of you, when, you're, uh, when your parents told you you had to do something, most of the time our, gen- our, 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 our natural response is to go, I'm doing the opposite then, right? <laughs> we push back against that. <clears throat> And so if the goal is complete domination and submission, there's going to be pushback. And again, I, I, please don't hear me saying that all of these things are, are, are bad, but we have to have balance. There has to be balance. We have to know the culture. 
We have to engage the culture. Okay? We can't fortify ourselves. We can't water it down and we can't force ourselves upon people because there's pushback then. As Christians, we have to find a happy medium to be in the world but not of the world. To be part of the world but still separate and different from the world. We see Paul doing this. He, he, he goes right to the hotbed of philosophy and the, the, the modern, the cutting edge thinking. He goes right into the middle of it. And he uses the culture to open people's eyes to Jesus and the gospel. <clears throat> we need to learn to love the culture just like the words of that song. I want to be so near to Jesus. I want to, Jesus, I want to be so near to you that I'm capable of loving the world but hating the darkness. We need to love the culture. We need to know the culture. We need to engage the culture in the context of the culture with the gospel. Amen? I would love to be able to tell you uh, exactly how to do that. There's not, there's not a formula to do that. Paul knew his audience. Do you know your audience? Knowing your audience, knowing the culture, trusting the Spirit, he says, I will put my words in your mouth. The Spirit lives inside you. If the Spirit lives inside you, it guides and moves. Speak what the Spirit's telling you to speak. Know the culture. Engage. We have, there are so many things that we, can, that we can pull from. We can use the culture as a tool as opposed to being afraid of it and, and removing ourselves from it. Father, I pray that uh, as we go out, you, your Spirit would give us uh, guidance. Your Spirit would give us insight. Open our eyes to things in the, in the spiritual realm that, uh, that would allow us to um, communicate the good news effectively to those around us. Father, would, would, you, uh, would you give us the strength and the courage to engage those around us, that we would be influencers for your kingdom, protect us against the evil one who would desire to uh, to draw us away from you, to cause us to fear speaking, communicating, cause us to fear the culture. Would you give us a, a love for the world? Give us a love for those who are lost. Help us to be students of the culture so that we can have our finger on the pulse of the culture. that we would see many people come to a saving knowledge of your son Jesus, that we would play a small part in expanding the walls of your kingdom. Bless us this day as we go out, and uh, would, we, would we always uh, be mindful of the things around us that, uh, that, that, are, that we can use as tools to point people towards you. Give us opportunities to do that. We would have divine appointments with other people 
that we would uh, take those opportunities when they come. We love you. Thank you for your grace and your forgiveness. And pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.